and welcome to another episode of the Video Chat Podcast. My name is Lauren and I'm here with my friend Una as usual. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) And this is a podcast where we review, reminisce on and reconnect with some of our favourite music videos from days gone by, old and new, you know the drill by now. So this week we've got a bit of a a face-off episode I suppose versus episode yes, who are you talking about this week? <laughs> I'm taking on my um baby girl my child <laughs> who is somehow older than me Britney Spears and I will be talking about Christina Aguilera uh, specifically the video for Can't Hold Us Down so yeah there's always been a bit of a, a rivalry whether real or, or press invented about mm-hmm. these two I suppose dating back yeah. from from you know childhood really for them um so. yeah there's like a weird thing the media wants to kind of like create or fetishize an idea of two females attractive females same age in the same industry like want to tear each other to shreds. yeah always um, has to be a female rivalry for some reason yeah can't just be yes, there's two, no room for one you know there's no room for two you yeah know? can't just be two women doing their thing god forbid it has to be a competition at all times <laughs> always 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 and this is where you know there's just so much there's just so much you could say about just that whole um argument or the um the idea of you know like there's not there's only room for so many females in the same room in the same industry um you know the fact that they both aesthetically look similar mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um they both came out around the same time they both came from the Mickey Mouse Club um, it's just a very natural um, kind of conflict to invent, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, definitely a thing that Because it would be competitive. It would be, you know, the music industry mm-hmm. and anything in entertainment is going to be competitive. Um, so, yeah, it just sounds great. It sells papers. It does, despite the Tabloids. fact that they'd clearly both made a, a mark and were doing well and very successful mm-hmm. separately, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. strange that it has to be still, you know paint it as this rivalry between the two of them but mm-hmm. anywho I don't know what's I probably think that there, there could be like a degree of trust because I don't think that either of them were particularly forthcoming and coming mm-hmm. out and saying no there's nothing going on we're friends you know at the yeah. same time I don't think there's a great um, a massive dialogue around that either so mm-hmm. um there could have been but then also they could have also been like listen we're not addressing this bollocks yeah. so you know I don't know what it could have been it's not an area I looked at properly. Oh, same. And I, d- I couldn't tell you a date, but I'm just thinking with the first um, sort of them making a, maybe a, a statement in in body language or appearance rather than words would have been them presenting an award together, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the MTV Awards or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely I think it was the, the, yeah, the Video Music Awards. And mm-hmm. I would need to check the date of that. But yeah, they did present an award. And... Was it to Eminem that he won Yeah, it? I think it was Which because that's so controversial. Yeah. <laughs> yes, awkward. Because uh, he hated it, Christi- he hated it Christina. Yeah. I don't know if it was before or after she made her comments, but I think that it was before she did Stripped um, mm-hmm. and she had like a wee, like an MTV special and they talked about Eminem and she made some comment about, I think they asked her, like, did she fancy him? Obviously not in that way. Like, do you fancy him? Would you go with him? Um, and she, she was like, yeah. 
isn't he married to Kim or something? And he he just friggin' saw red like that was enough. How triggered mm-hmm. was he? Like, I mean, she could have said ten times worse. And it's, she was true. It was true. Ne- never, no, never mind the fact he was trying to keep his wife a secret from from the world. Oh, just the, the double standards. But anyway, I know, I know. that will definitely be mentioned um, in yeah. this in this discussion. Anyway, so I'll get started on um, Christine Aguilera's video for her song Can't Hold Us Down. So Christina Aguilera was born on the 18th of December 1980, making her currently 40 years old. And oh. she was 22 at the time that this song was released, which is a frightening, I just can't get over that, a frightening thought that, that was so long ago. Christina um, was a talented singer from a very young age. She won her first talent competition when she was just eight years old, singing Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. So no easy feats there for an eight-year-old child. Mm-hmm. She then went on, as we mentioned already, to become part of the Mickey Mouse Club TV show. That was in 93, until it ended just a year later, in 94. And obviously that would have been at the same time as Britney and Justin Timberlake, among others. Uh, she Ryan then... Ryan Gosling in it as well, yeah. I think Ryan yes, his, his name was definitely mentioned too. Um. Then after this ended, a few years later, she recorded her first song in 1998. And she was trying to get a recording contract in America at this point, but was advised to try Disney. So she sent a tape to Disney and was ultimately chosen by them to record the song Reflection for the the movie Milan's soundtrack. So that was basically what kicked off her career from there. So Can't Hold Us Down was released on the 8th of July 2003. And it was the fourth single from her album Stripped. And the song also features Lil' Kim. This song has been described as more like hip hop or faux R&B in style. So it was definitely a step away from her previous pop uh, persona, I suppose you would say. And this album as well, the Stripped album, definitely signified like a change in her public persona. Uh, it was sort of described as a bit of a rebirth, if you will, you know, stripped down from the previous ego and now into the ex Tina era. So this song followed the three previous singles from the album were Dirty, Beautiful and Fighter. And I suppose as you go like watch the videos of those songs, you can see like the physical shift from her cute blonde teen pop star look. Um, first, you know, in Dirty and Beautiful, the hair is like blonde and black and she's got, you know, obvious face piercing, you know, and there's tattoos now and stuff. So then by the time Fighter came out, her hair was totally black in that video. And so she's done a complete like 180 in her appearance, which definitely like illustrated this ex-Tina ego now and uh, a new sort of evolution, I suppose, of Christina Aguilera. So Christina apparently had much more creative control over her music. At this point, she had a new manager and stuff. So um, the stripped album definitely had more of her input into it as well. And so this was very much her own uh, evolution playing out through her songs and her look. Did you have that album as I well? Did. I did. I was actually listening to it the other day as well because I knew we were doing this yeah. episode. And um, I, that's a brilliant album. It Stripped. really is. Um, I don't have any of her other ones, but that Me one. Me neither. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> Just such that a, one. 
it was such a departure um, mm-hmm. from what she'd done previously. Again, this whole, I mean, yeah, to say stripped, it's like, yeah, it's back to, you know, well, I should not, I should not call back to basics as well. But, you know, it was, and, and being called X-Tina, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it was like at the same time X-rated in so many ways. Like, yeah. you know, it was such a departure and it wasn't just about like, well, you know, I'm, you know, in touch with my sexuality and I'm, you know, identifying, you know, more as an adult woman than, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of like teenage adolescent, you know, that transitional phase. Um, mm-hmm. So like it was definitely like was a packed a punch. And I remember, you know, even back then, if that was 20, 2002, was it? Yeah, if that album was. Yeah, I was like, I was 16 and like, I wasn't like, you know, I was going out with my friends and stuff, you know, but I remember going to like houses, you know, before you would head out and stuff mm-hmm. and there would be like fellas there or whatever. And whenever, you know, you'd watch your like music videos and stuff before yeah. you would head out and all this real ritualistic sort of, you know, behavior. And, you know, like they would have watched that video on mute quite mm-hmm. happily because you know what I mean? it was just <laughs> yeah. for teenage boys like you know it was just a feast for the eyes it was like <laughs> as close to I suppose something that would look mildly pornographic you know compared mm-hmm. to nowadays it was nothing yeah but if you go back what 18 years now like it mm-hmm. was um it was like you know you would have oh. felt a bit awkward if that was on and your mom or your dad walked yeah. into the living room and it was on you know oh yeah uh, so yeah it was a, it was a big change for her and she became like like total sex symbol um mm-hmm. because it was so overt uh, in the way that she went about it. she was she was always going to be attractive beautiful before that but this was like yeah calling attention mm-hmm. you know in a very different way I think yeah definitely stepping out of that I suppose box once she turned 18 or so mm. um a real yeah step up in the, the sexuality and overlook mm-hmm. um I had this album as well it was really good and I mean I, I, this is again was at the time when I would have been like very much into like my rock and stuff but yet there is Christina among it but it was a brilliant album I have to say Mm. I also remember oh I didn't even research this it just came to me while you were talking there but do you remember there was a program possibly on MTV about the making of this album I definitely watched it at the time yes I remember what she sang a song and I think was it um Oh, what was the name of the song? Hold on. I think it was one of the last songs in the album and she sang it lying on the floor with the microphone yeah. like hovering over her face right. and she was in tears <laughs> crying. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on. I can get the name of that song now. Yes, I do remember watching that. So funny. MTV used to be such a class channel. Like they were really giving you access to the people that were like so big at the time. Yeah. I'm okay. That was it. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was about, I think she had quite a uh, a traumatic childhood, Mm -hmm. like her parents did divorce, but I think there was like some, some degrees of, you know, domestic, uh, well, acrimony, Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's ever said anything, confirmed anything beyond that, but the home was a bit of a a war zone for her. While I was doing my research there today, she definitely wasn't in contact with her dad for a long, long, long time, and Mm -hmm. I think it was only like 2012 that she decided she would maybe be up for like reconciliation with her yeah. father but mm-hmm. um yeah there was, he was an army man wasn't he, he was like in the military and you know they would have moved around a lot for mm-hmm. that I think but um I thought it was such I remember that so like vividly watching that program and also like there's a reference in one of the songs in the album to sorry I'm not a virgin and of course like the whatever presenter or you know 
journalist, whoever it was that was chatting to her, obviously this had to be discussed. And I said, piss off. Did you ask, yeah. the, you ask the male performers if they're there, still a virgin? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on, to, on with the song here. So uh, this song, the single peaked at number 12 in the US and the Billboard Hot 100, and it charted within the top 10 in several countries, including number five in Ireland and number six in the UK, but it didn't actually reach number one in any country. The music video was directed by David LaChapelle. You maybe heard that name before. I think he directed Dirty as well. Oh, did he? Uh, He's a very famous photographer and director, and he's also directed videos for Britney. He did Every Time, and also a good few from like Mariah Carey, J-Lo, and many others. So... Apparently, the inspiration for the video was the Lower East Side of New York City in the 1980s. And obviously, that meant nothing to me. So, you know, little culturally unaware Lauren had to go on a bit of a dive to see what this means. But uh, so the Lower East Side of New York is traditionally an immigrant working class neighborhood. And it actually experienced uh, rapid gentrification in the mid 2000s. And that actually prompted the National Trust for Historic Preservation to place this neighborhood on their list of America's most endangered places. So they, they're trying to how stop. Does, how these. does the street be endangered? Because I suppose it's, you know, all those like the old buildings. Um, like they're listed, you mean? Like it's, it's I don't even know if it's that that they're, they're listed, but just the whole background and tradition and cultures within that mm-hmm. neighborhood. You know, it's obviously like a predominantly black neighborhood and there's a mm-hmm. Chinatown as well. And obviously, if, if the place is gentrified, you know, that those cultures are going to be pushed out. So they're so trying to keep it no, for the... No Starbucks, no McDonald's, please. Probably not. There was definitely, like I mentioned, of some big hotel that was built in it and stuff. But um, the, the gentrification put a stop to that um, after that hotel and stuff was put up. So obviously, the video then for this song was based on the... 80s working class version of the the Lower East Side prior to this gentrification in the area and uh, single has been considered somewhat of a feminist anthem which is obviously pretty um, obvious from the lyrics so on to the video itself then Um, it's clear from the opening of the video that we are in a pretty run down neighbourhood there is graffiti all over the place there are old Marises lying in the streets there's people throwing what seems to be milk out of the window into the road. There's a lot of people about sitting on... This milk? Like a carton of milk? I don't know. It just it hits the ground. to me. Is it loose or is it <laughs> contained? Well, when it hits the ground, it's no longer contained. Okay. Much okay. sure. It's like white, you know, okay. splashing everywhere. Uh, there's, so there's people sitting on what we would call doorsteps, but I suppose in New York it's a stoop. Yeah. And there's people dancing, walking around with huge boom boxes, I suppose, to signify like we're in the 80s here. And there's also children on bikes and playing in the stack of mattresses. And what is also immediately evident is that most, if not all, of the people in this neighborhood are black. There's even like an older man who's pushing a shopping trolley in the opening sequence. The implication being that he's homeless and that this trolley contains all of his worldly possessions. So, um, just you know a, a real like okay we are in a, a poverty stricken neighborhood here for this video then we see christina with a group of women and she's like standing up like saying goodbye to them nearly and walking away from the crowd and as she walks off a man walks by and grabs her backside and then the lyrics kick in 
So I'm just going to address the elephant in the room here at the very start. So there is a lot of cultural appropriation going on in this video. And I mean, that that's obvious the minute you see like Christina's look, really. So she's much more tanned than we had ever seen her before at this stage. Her hair is black and curly and arguably, you know, this look could be seen as black fishing, which for anyone who's unaware, black fishing means a non-black person using tan and makeup, etc., to appear black or mixed race. And, you know, to be fair, really, the only thing she hasn't done here is stick in a pair of brown contact lenses to, you know, complete the black fishing look. But um, as well, Lauren, sorry, just know you're don't okay. mean to interrupt you there. Her look is because she would be, um, I think she's quite a number of like heritages. Her dad, I think, is from Ecuador. Yeah, he's um, from Ecuador. Her, her yeah. mom is of like lots of ethnic descent, but all European. Mm-hmm. So like Irish yeah. and German and Dutch and all yes. that. Yes, there's, uh-huh. there's no black heritage there. Yeah, I, I think tell. that she, I think her look as well just also is probably emulating the chola look. Yeah, it's like um, it's like it's definitely it's, about uh, that and the eyebrows. Yeah, and stuff. which would be more of like a Latino sort of an mm-hmm. influence. Um, I'd be like the you know really thin arched eyebrows, uh, dark brown lip liner. Uh, like mm-hmm. most or wet look hair um, you know and loads of gold jewellery um, mm-hmm. so I think there was Jennifer Lopez also um, had this uh, look as a character in her Get Right video as well mm-hmm. there was like and I think I think there was a make in the video or something I'd seen where she talked about whenever she dressed up as a chola um, so yeah I think I don't know I don't know enough about it um, I think if you're her father's obviously her father's heritage is maybe She's pushing that to the fore mm-hmm. a wee bit more or whether or not she thinks that that would legitimise being able to do this look. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I don't think cultural appropriation was even a second thought unless it was going to be very overtly like mm-hmm. blackface or something, you know, where you couldn't deny it. She probably thought, well, I'm just changing up my look here. Just, you know, put yeah. tan in my hair and allowed dye my hair black. If I like, do you know what I mean? She could probably try to explain it that way. And if she yeah. was going to be challenged about it further, she's oh, my dad is, you know, I do have some heritage mm-hmm. there, which is the case. But I don't know. It's a confusing one. But yeah, I can see where you're saying the black fishing and the chola sort of look, you know, yeah. nowadays, I don't think you'd get away with it. No, definitely um, not. As she did then. It's just the fact as well in this video, like she's not surrounded by other Latina woman, you know, she's mm. very much surrounded by black woman, from yeah, what I can yeah. tell. So, but anyway, it, it did receive like um, a mixed reception at the time when the video was released with some right. calling it like cultural appropriation and others were more like favorable about it. But um, since it was released, the video has actually received scholarly attention as an example of cultural appropriation, namely in oh. the Journal of Black Studies. So, wow. There you go. That's, I suppose, maybe and the what, more like modern take on or, it. No, um, not favorably. <laughs> no, very as much a, as her, a good, well, a good example of how bad it is. Like, yeah, you know. her like taking on the the persona of like a black woman and mm-hmm. sexuality and used mm-hmm. in the video and stuff. So, yeah, didn't have time to read into that journal. I'm afraid to <laughs> confirm any further. Um, but anyway, with that large issue covered, I'll just continue on with the content of the video yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. So. Christina is wearing a look that, I mean, only stars of the early 2000s could dare to try. <laughs> she is wearing these tiny purple shorts. Um, I mean, they have no sides. They're basically, like, you know, split right up either side, teeny tiny hot pants. Um, mm. 
like a purple boob tube crop top, a tiny sleeveless sports jacket, long socks and high heels. And this is topped off uh, with a baseball cap with Lady C on it, plus like loads of gold jewellery and the hoop earrings, multiple necklaces and rings. And I mean, the outfit, considering that this apparently the video was meant to be like 80s or at least 80s inspired, you know, it's this outfit to me now is nearly more like an 80s parody than an 80s look. It's like they've taken a purple tracksuit from the 80s and went, now make it sexy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how successful I suppose this was is up to individual opinion. (laughs) And it was maybe considered more sexy in 2002 than it would be today. Um, Like, as you say, these were somewhat controversial at the time, but today, you know, it's just a drop in the ocean compared to some of the stuff mm-hmm. that, that we can see in a music video. And uh, yeah, makeup wise, she has the, the really thin eyebrows and uh, dark smoky eye makeup and nude lipstick. So this man, as mentioned, has just, you know, sexually assaulted her by grabbing her arse and she's not happy about it, as you can imagine. Naturally. So. An argument then ensues in the middle of the street and lots of other women see this and come over to Christina's defence. So, women supporting women, we love to see it. Hashtag. Hashtag. Women support women. Two large groups, men versus women, have now formed. And as in most music videos, the argument is visually represented via a dance-off. So, people from each side take it in turns to make their point via the medium of dance. And there's a man... With the, the man with the giant boombox is there bringing the tunes, obviously. And I, I laughed because the boombox just reminds me of Candy News from the current season 13 of Drag Race doing Call mm. Me Maybe. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see? That was one of, I think, my favorite Candy Muse moments, her pressing the button <laughs> on that fake denim boombox <laughs> to start that lip sync. <laughs> but anyway, massive boombox represent. So the whole dance-off then is also interspersed with just close-up clips of ex-Tina singing to the camera. And then we reach the bridge of the song and that's when Lil' Kim appears. And she is wearing like a cape or a jacket, but she takes off. And then underneath, she's got like a mesh cardigan. And this also reveals a bikini and a belt situation underneath. And uh, she's got like big curly hair. She's got bows in her hair. And she joins in with the group of women and, and does her rap section of the song. So around this point, just after the rap, uh, and like one of the guys steps forward to dance and he is maybe white or perhaps like white passing, but he's got like an Afro hairstyle and he's topless in like a little pair of red shorts and big Deirdre Barlow style glasses. Mm-hmm. And if you're from outside the UK or Ireland, you won't get that reference. And I, I can only apologise, but. Well, I don't really ladies. watch. I don't watch Coronation Street, and I would need someone. That, well, I know who it is now, but like yeah. I would watch it. I'd watch <laughs> Extenders, so I'd be like, oh. "What?" Just big, thick eighties glasses, yeah. real trendy. Although they probably are trendy again. Automatic yeah, they definitely things. have a second yeah. turn. They call a revival. Yeah, yeah. they've came back around. Hmm. So this this guy appears, and Christina has just sang the lines, uh, "You must talk so big to make up for smaller things." And he does a one-handed handstand and uses his free hand to grab his crotch, as you do. So, I mean, this might be considered a bit vulgar, but then at this point, we've also just seen Christina uh, simulate a sexual act on a hosepipe. So, vulgarity all around here, really. 
And I, the bit with, with Christina and the hose pipe is blurred out, um, but a man grabbing his actual junk isn't. So there we go. Make, yeah, make that on what YouTube, you is that blurred uh-huh. out? Yep. I mean, it's a goddamn hose pipe. It's a hose, I know. <laughs> oh, I am just sick of the censorship yep. of us females. Over it. <laughs> He's there grabbing his crotch. So the next thing we know, Christina has turned the hose on and is spraying the guys with it. And they're not happy about this, you know, and they're, they're grabbing their boombox and defeat it. So they have to stop dancing. There's a bit more crotch grabbing in the process. And uh, then Xtina puts There's loads the of crotch grabbing on that video uh-huh. that I remember it, Lauren, like really overtly, mm-hmm. like... Yep, overtly like, sexual like, stuff. Like aggressively, like, you know, yeah. grabbing it and like, you know, directing it towards these... This crowd of disgruntled women. Mm-hmm. I suppose that ties in with the theme of the song, though, really, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. men can use their sexuality aggressively, but women mm-hmm. cannot, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or in um, any way. Yeah. So, yeah, there's more crotch grabbing going on. And then Christina puts the hose between her legs as though it were a penis and does some thrusting motions. And again, this is blurred out. Her thrusting with the hose pipe between her legs is blurred out. My I God. mean, the choice. Just tear the, the whole thing down. <laughs> the patriarchy. <laughs> so the music at that point then changes into like the, the dance hall style breakdown of the song that, that leads it out. And Christina is walking away from the crowd. She's sort of like got her arms waving above her head and she's ruffling her hair. She's all pleased with herself. And she's just leaving the chaos behind her because they're still all dancing and jumping about with the hose pipe mm-hmm. and uh, leaving the whole thing just... a goddamn mess. She's taking care of the whole issue because she has. That's why she's so delighted. Now it no longer exists in the world. So thank you, Christina. Yeah, definitely. There's a start made there. So mm-hmm. the song itself um, received mixed reviews at the time from critics. And um, as mentioned, it wasn't her highest charting song of that era. It was nominated for a Grammy in 2004 for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals, but it didn't win. It lost out to Whenever I Say Your Name by Sting and Mary, Mary J. Blige. And I don't think oh. I've ever heard that song before. It rings oh, yeah, no bells. It says everything. <laughs> Girl, oh. for God's sake. The song will never Sting. feature on this podcast. <laughs> You're relieved to hear. Um, so the, the message of the song, as mentioned, you know, is like it's real female empowerment anthem. It's very much about how there's a double standard in society when it comes to the behavior of men and women. So, for example, the lyrics include, the guy gets all the glory, the more he can score, while the girl can do the same, yet you call her a whore. Um, And then the chorus, obviously, is, this is for my girls all around the world. You've come across a man that don't respect your worth, thinking all women should be seen, not heard. So what do we do, girls? Shout out loud. And apparently, many considered the line, a reference to Eminem in here when she says, it's sad you only get your fame through controversy. So you'd mentioned Eminem mm-hmm. earlier and some speculate that that's yeah. about him or a reference to him in the song. Mm-hmm. Very much the same way he liked to make wee references in his mm-hmm. songs. But, you know, we'll not talk about him right now. So, yeah, and as you say, like this, the message of the song is very much a message that's still being embraced by female artists today. Like encouraging women to have their standards, to be strong, to be loud. Mm. And to embrace all facets of themselves, including their sexuality, and mm. to not let ourselves continue to be held to an archaic societal standard. So, yeah. much respect, for Christina, mm. for the message of this song. I mean, we were teens at the time, and it was one of the first, you know, that and like no scrubs 
were definitely mm-hmm. the only two I can think of, like big songs that time with mm-hmm. that sort of message. Yeah. Um, and then like the video itself, it's a, for, I mean, for me, it was a fun little trip down memory lane. I'm not sure how someone watching this with fresh eyes today would see it. Mm-hmm. But um, so while, while the message of the song certainly stands the test of time, I think I'm not so sure that this video does Mm-hmm. for all the reasons previously mentioned yeah I think it's uh you know obviously it, it puts the whole discussion about feminism and you know um having ownership over your sexuality and all that kind of stuff makes it part of the conversation and I totally support all that I think sometimes though and this is this is me either not fully understanding or not you know really not being very good at critical thinking but you know obviously being able to say like this is stripped and I'll decide and all the rest that whilst you know being like in a state of undress I feel like the message and I'm not saying for all men at all I'm saying some men or some people mainstream outlets might not necessarily view it that way it was like Mm -hmm. well you're still you're sexualizing your message and I know that a woman would say well no you've sexualized my message I'm Mm -hmm. just being myself but then I feel like it's a debate that's like it's just going to continue to always go in circles because yeah. you know no one's really listening to what the woman's saying. So mm-hmm. it's not that I'm agreeing with whoever would say, well, no, the message is lost because I know that Piers Morgan, for example, he um, criticised a picture that Kim Kardashian had done with the model Emily Ratajkowski where they mm-hmm. both it's blurred out, but they've they're both exposing their breasts and they're giving the finger to the camera. And, you know, he's saying, well, no, you're just, you're, this is all self-promotion. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. This is doing nothing for feminism. And whilst I I agree in a lot of ways with their message, that's like, especially Emily Ratajkowski, I, I tagged you in a thing. She has a book yeah. now coming out because she has, she's been on a few different podcasts that I've listened to. And she's, she's a lot more than just a model. You know, she's very like aware of different issues um she's very aware of um how she's perceived from a very young age how she was sexualized mm-hmm. from a very young age not in an abusive way but the you know just the way she looked you know she developed a wee bit earlier you know and, and how she was made to feel about her body for example mm-hmm. so whilst he's saying oh there's a self-promotion and the message is being completely lost in some ways I don't want to say I agree with them but for a person like that who can't see beyond that, you're always going to have that friction mm-hmm. and it's not going to progress. So I don't know. Um, like I said, it's just going to be one of those uh, debates that isn't going to go away for a long, long time. Um, yeah. I think it's more about the, you know, you were saying there about the outfit she's wearing in that video, how um, at the time it was quite sexy. Now it would look more like a parody outfit for the Mm -hmm. 80s. I suppose like if you were to see someone like Lizzo, for example, who does not fit the stereotypical norm at that time anyway, about what was a sexual figure, what was Mm -hmm. sexy. She is like, I follow her on Instagram. I think she's class. You know, she is like, I don't think she's like setting out to like make a statement. She's like, I'm just living my life and I'll be me and I'll wear. If, if she wanted to wear the outfit that Christina was wearing, she would friggin' wear it. Like she wouldn't, she wouldn't care about what it was. And she would own it and she'd be like, I, I feel sexy in this, so this is sexy, you know. And mm-hmm. someone out there might not be for everybody, but I don't, I'm not you know I'm not here for those people I'm here for the people that support me understand what I'm where I'm coming from or identify with me and, and I'll do as a please mm. uh, it kind of it sort of has reminded me about so there's this 
powerlifter that I follow called Steffi Cohen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's obviously, you know, strong, very strong lady, multiple record holder and stuff. Um, she's also a doctor. And she, you know, she wrote a book and she now has a book out. And it reminds me of a while back, she posted um, like a video of her, or not a video, an Instagram photo of her with her book, like stacks of her books around her, like uh-huh. all the light about, you know, her book being released. And then a few days later, she put up some pictures that she'd had done, like a photo shoot type thing where she's in a bikini. You know, she's, you know, she's real muscly, like she's absolutely mm. jacked, you know, and she's all tanned and, and oiled up, you know, and looks phenomenal. And obviously, yeah. um, it's a, a real provocative, I suppose, sort of photos. And then a couple of days later, she posted like, this is what like knowledge versus sexuality you know, this is the attention. Mm-hmm. So like the picture of her with her book got some like 12,000 likes mm-hmm. um, and the, the picture of her in a bikini all oiled up got over 110,000 likes. So like that mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, women can shout about their message and their their power and their knowledge. And here I've wrote a book and here I've done this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. And that's how little attention it'll get compared to just posting a picture of you in your bikini. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So is it any wonder that sometimes people combine the two because yeah. gonna, at least the message will get across if they're wearing something that people are going to stand up and pay attention, which mm-hmm. is a sad, sad reality. But um, it just made me I think that reminds me of something, something else I actually saw on social media was the picture of Kendall Jenner in the um, mm. red bikini promoting um, yeah. her sister Kim Skims line for Valentine's Day. Like the attention that got and then um, it was like a two pictures side by side of uh, a 19 year old the youngest uh, astronaut um, mm-hmm. you know and and how that is that's, that's not even being talked about you know someone mm-hmm. so young a uh, female in the predominantly male um, uh, industry yeah. um, versus you know this constant barrage of images and messages to women to fit into this societal idea of mm-hmm. what beauty is what you have to aspire to if you don't if you look less than this you are just less in general and you know it, like I, I was like oh it's so true and like I perpetuate that because I follow these people as well you know when I mm-hmm. like these pictures so I'm contributing to this problem too, you know, like, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's just, I don't think it's yeah. the way I've been programmed. It's just the we're way, all, like, it's just you're guilty. being fed this information yeah. and you, there's no escaping it. So, do you know what I mean? We're I very know. much and also, all guilty you know, of Kanye West as well. Can you find out how, that, how that, <laughs> those divorce proceedings are going? Obviously, the way oh, the rest of us are. I think that's all been kept very much under wraps <laughs> for, for definite reasons, like, for... A purpose. <laughs> yeah, but just in case I miss something, Lauren, I'll always be there. Just <laughs> check it in. Well, I shall let you take over the reins then with uh, Britney Spears. Okay. So... Britney Spears at the minute massive talking point I feel like we're, mm. we've all become Britney experts to some extent um, <laughs> because it's just all we've been talking about all the rest of it so just you know I'm not going to go into rings and rings of detail about Britney's background because we know so much already mm. um, you know if this was somebody who had maybe you know been forgotten over the years maybe it'd be different but it's not the case 
So just very briefly, Brittany Jean Spears was born the 2nd of December 1981. So she is not long turned 39. Uh, and she was actually born, I thought, I always thought she was born in Louisiana, but she was actually born in Mississippi and then moved to Louisiana. And um, she's got um, an older brother and a younger sister. So yeah, she's the middle child. And uh, yeah, she has two children by Kevin Federline. And uh, she is like a mega, mega star. Um, so I wanted to focus on uh, Slave for You, which is quite a contrast in terms of the uh, message of the song in comparison to the Christina Aguilera <laughs> um, number that you've just um, gone into a lot more detail for us with Lauren. So Slave for You is the lead single from her third album, Britney, which came out in 2001. Uh, so this track was written and produced by Chad Hugo and Pharrell Williams of the Neptunes. They obviously are part of NERD. Everyone knows Pharrell Williams for loads of his other songs. So the song itself um, was um, had a mixed reception whenever it was first released. Um, people obviously argued that it was a much more mature uh, sound at the time compared to her previous singles. And others noticed that the songs... The song was like an attempt to leave behind the girl next door image. Mm -hmm. um, and others said that her vocals were unnatural. Now, yeah, they, absolutely. Her vocals are unnatural. You know, she, I know there's been a lot said about how her vocals are actually a lot stronger, but she had been like trained to put on this like baby cutesy yeah. voice. I don't know about that, to be honest. Unless it comes from the horse's mouth, I just wouldn't be so sure. That sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. Yeah, um, I've, heard, I've heard of that. And I've also heard, no, this is nonsense. It is just conspiracy. Mm -hmm, that, you know, mm -hmm. she's not been allowed to use her real singing voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at images of her as a child singing on, like, Star Search, or was it something? Maybe it wasn't Star. I think Beyonce did Star Search, but something, one of those types of shows. Yeah. Maybe it was. I can't remember. It could have been. Christina did that, too. I do you know what it probably was anyway who cares um and she did have a very very strong voice for what a child mm -hmm. of 10 around yeah. that time I remember actually it would have been god literally four years ago I was in Las Vegas and I went to her show mm -hmm. um and like the whole kind of foyer area once you got in and where you went to get your drinks or your food or whatever you wanted for the show they had like it was kind of like a wee museum of her like mm -hmm. some of her most famous costumes and they had the costume of the wee outfit she wore where she was saying love can build a bridge with like the big kind of Aww. like the white I, I like I found that to be like the most iconic costume yeah. there because I just felt like it was like I could touch the glass I don't know why I sound like such a freak talking about this but <laughs> I could see I could see very much the scale you know to scale we Britney was wearing that I've seen that image at god knows how many times mm -hmm. or watched that footage and I don't know, it's just a really weird thing. The girl whose concert I'm going to now wore this. I've watched this a million times. I feel like I could see that wee girl wearing that dress. Yeah. And, you know, everything that's happened, I just felt very, like, I don't know, even talking about it now is, like, making me feel, like, a wee bit weird. I don't know. So, yeah. um, so as I say, the song itself was supposed to be, like, moving away from this girl-next-door image, which I would challenge as well. I think she was, she was sexy from the word go you know mm -hmm. they pushed this like Lolita image of her as a schoolgirl. um you know from another podcast that me and you really enjoyed the um it's Britney bitch um mm -hmm. and they talked about 
how impactful the um, Rolling Stones cover was of her yeah. like in her bra and like boy shorts with a Teletubby on the phone as if she was like ringing somebody from her bedroom, really mm-hmm. sexualized her from a young age. So this is most the most overtly sexual video, but this is not like Britney Spears, I think, has been sexualized from the word go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it achieved commercial success. Um throughout the world it didn't do as well in America uh like any anyone who's been to America will know there's a massive country um market there like it feels like on the radio if you're not listening to rap or hip-hop it's country you know but yeah. there's so I can kind of see where maybe these songs get lost somewhere in the mix but uh irrespective of the whole um the, the her as an artist massive um now there was something here about how the song was boycotted by radio um because the people who managed her concert tours also owned most of the radio stations and whenever a different concert promoter won the bid to promote her tours clear channel entertainment basically stopped playing her music in a pure straw right um so that's a bit dickish um the, yeah, the in, music, sorry, I'm uh, just going to say, like, uh, I've definitely heard it before from, I don't know if it was from the It's Britney Bitch podcast, maybe from mm-hmm. those guys, other one, uh, Legends Only, that I would listen to. I can't remember, I can't describe this, but just how different it is in America, like the the songs that the radio station will play. It's all mm-hmm. money. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not just like over here where they play what's popular over there mm-hmm. it is entirely based on like i don't know mm-hmm. the money received or royalties i don't know but it's yeah. very much a financial based system for what gets played on the radio mm-hmm. so yeah so when yeah so that's, that's someone that's really like, it's like you know you're more guaranteed to chart better if you're mm-hmm. getting more rate of exposure and that's going to take money yeah. so in europe slave for you was a lot more successful um which i don't know i'm proud of in a lot of ways <laughs> Um, so in its legacy obviously Slave for You has become like her signature one of her signature hits her VMA performance is considered one of like her career highlights and I remember like oh my gosh that video that that, that Mm -hmm. performance it was the year after she had done the Oops It Again slash Can't Get No Satisfaction performance where she was practically like stripped off and was wearing like a a nude coloured bodysuit you know with Diamantes, you know, just covering mm-hmm. all the essential areas. Um, so it was uh, critics at the time, you know, said that she created one of the most striking visuals of that show's 27 year history at that time. So that's a big thing. And I think even to this day, like that's still probably the most iconic performance. Um, the song was actually originally intended for um, Janet Jackson's seventh album, All For You which that album came out in the same year and I had that album as well <laughs> and a brilliant brilliant album um to very very pop I could totally see how this song would fit into that as well because you know some of her Janet songs are very sexual Britney talks about this song like it's been a slave for the music and I just think honey that's just not <laughs> no. not beat around the bush here yeah. I think we all know what you're talking about so um, yeah, so whenever she talks about the lyrics, she had said, Brittany had said, it's about me wanting to go out and forget who I am and dance and have a good time. That's kind of where I am right now. I love working, but at the same time, I love having a good time. So if a good time is what the kids were calling it back in those days, mm. you know, you work away. She was with Justin at the time as well, because um, they had arrived at the VMAs together um, for the 
big performance. Now, the song as well, apparently, um, people say that it has a lot of um, comparisons to a band from the 80s called Vanity Six, um, as their song, uh, I think, is it Nasty Girl, which has been sampled. We've, we've definitely heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, so for Vanity Six in 1983, um some critics said that the soundscape of this song was known to be quite similar to um, Slave for You. I can see it a wee bit, not massively. That song, that song sounds very Prince-inspired. Yeah. And a lot of critics thought that um, Slave for You had a Prince theme. It was like something that he would have written. Also the Slave for You, even though I was like, well, I feel like that was kind of like text talk. Maybe people mm-hmm. would have texted that way. The For You, again, is meant to be like a, a bit of a staple of Prince. So again, critical reception. Um, Enemy stated that the song is funk in the way God intended. It's hypnotic, insistent, hip, or mysterious, suggestive. And if Prince was a 19-year-old former Disney club host and virgin, he'd be proud to create such a record. Um, All Music said that Slave For You was a step towards a more mature sound. Rolling Stone said, although there's... it's they're they're not the most the album's most melodic melodious cuts the neptunes i'm a slave for you and boys could be britney's most important and about.com listed the track at number nine of her top 10 songs saying by the time of this single off her third album it was obvious britney spears was becoming an adult the song is a radical shift from the not quite innocent 16 year old schoolgirl of britney's first album Slinky and Sexy have crept into the Britney Spears style. Um, and then again, obviously mention how the song has received a lot of comparisons to Janet Jackson. Uh, one critic noted Spears' main musical and visual influence has not been Madonna, but Janet Jackson. And that was something from the it's yeah. Britney Bitch podcast mm-hmm. that, uh, that um, what are they called again? T. Kyle and, T. Kyle and Bradley. Bradley. Um, that they had said as well. They felt like she kind of followed the same kind of career trajectory as Janet Jackson. Um, but Jackson's not the only influence to slave. Um, the Neptune's minimal electronic production and Spears' breathy cooing delivery creates a track that smacks of Prince. So again, there's loads of um, loads of commentary there around the song having such strong links um, to those. Uh, mm. And also Vanity Six, who did the song Nasty Girl, were protégés of Prince's as well. So okay. Prince had no involvement in the song, just so we're no. clear, but there's a lot of people who listen to it a lot, a lot of music, yeah. different varieties, said, look, these are very similar. So the music Funny, video itself... I was sorry. just going to say, um, like I never would have thought of Prince before when hearing a song, but now that you've said it, I'm like, mm. yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so the music video itself, um, that made its world premiere, um, premiere, Premier. Premier. Whatever you want. Um, on MTV's making the video on September 24th, uh, 2001, the same day the song officially beat the US radio stations. It was choreographed by Wade Robson, who Britney Whoa. was alleged to have cheated mm-hmm. on Justin Timberlake with. Now, it says it's choreographed by Wade Robson, but Brian Friedman says he choreographed this video, so I'm a wee bit oh, confused. Well. <laughs> um, and Crystal Tuning. Um, though some of the dancing was choreographed by Puerto Rican dancer and Prince's ex-wife, ex-ex-wife, Prince's ex-wife. Now I can't pronounce this, Lauren. I'm gonna embarrass myself. M A Y T E. 
Mary. What was M A Y C? Mary. Anyway, Mary, if you hear this, could you please let us know? Like, please send us like a phonetic <laughs> spelling of your name because I'm really sorry that I've done that wrong. Um, it's not a name I've ever seen before, but it's pretty. Um, and yes, yeah, so this woman, um, Princess X, we'll just, let's just call her Miss Garcia. Um, she taught Britney Spears how to belly dance for the video. Um, so again, the princeness coming in, creeping in. Spears told MTV that the theme of the song, the video, really matched who she was at the time. The director, Francis Lawrence, uh, wanted the video to move far beyond the slick dance clubs of Los Angeles or New York. He wanted it to go global. He said, I came up with this concept of having this club be in this abandoned Asian bathhouse and having it filled with young world travellers, the kind of people who would go to these far exotic places to go to a place like this. Um, in the video, Spears and her bagging dancers employ the same choreography and sing whilst looking over a balcony at cars down the distance. Um, Spears is portrayed as a slave to the music, dancing all day until she and the backup dancers are sweaty and near dehydration, forcing them to search for water. Um, so again, pushing this slave to the music and I just, I ain't buying kids, sorry. <laughs> well, it's a definite double entendre, isn't it? So Spears first performed this song at the 2001 MTV Video Music Awards in New York. Upon its release, the song and the video, as well as the performance, were heavily criticised for their overt sexual nature, as well as for Spears only being 19 years old at the time and a self-proclaimed virgin. Again, ain't buying that. And who cares? Like, why is this even... <coughs> Sorry, yes, who cares? Who cares? Know, why is it even need to be mentioned? But... I know, I know. It's just even when you watch that Freeman Britney Spears mm. documentary and how preoccupied people were with what was going on with her sexuality. Yeah. The only other people I can think of who maybe got some scrutiny was the Jonas Brothers for their purity rings. Yeah. Again, Jonas Brothers were not like a thing really here. Well, not for me anyway. No. Um, but they would have got a lot of shit. And Jay-Z also rapped about them being virgins in <laughs> his single On to the Next One. I think he said... No, I'm not a Jonas brother. I, fucking, I use my cojones, you know, oh, well. so <laughs> rude. Yes. They were like children as well. They were, anyway. they were very young when all that, like, purity yeah. rings and all was happening. And then they're all married now, so they're all added like rabbits. So are you happy now, <laughs> Sean Carter? Okay, so while it's seen as controversial at the time, um, over subsequent years since Slave for You, uh, was released. It has gone down in pop culture history uh, with Billboard regarding the song and video itself as groundbreaking, daring and artistically creative. And that was in 2013. So we're still a wee bit out. Mm. Um, the, um, the, the album as a whole and Slave For You were actually seen as uh, very inspirational to other female artists. This is not a new concept where like you know, someone starts their career fairly innocent, very accessible, mainstream, mm. and then goes down, you know, a more sexualized route, like Madonna, you know, like she released a sex book. Do you know what I mean? Like completely, nothing to do with her music whatsoever. Yeah, just um, what she felt like doing at the time. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know, you can go and look at that book online. Like it's, again, it's all very like, you know, yeah, it's, there's, it's, it's all done very artsy fartsy, you know, but the I don't only know, thing do you wish you had? The only thing I've seen was like a Twitter post recently of like just like a couple of images, you know, from that book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, like 
you know, I can't remember what the caption was, but basically Madonna's, you know, was at this from mm-hmm. way back when yeah. sort of thing. Um, and like, yeah, just her like naked thumb on a lift in the middle of the road and all these like topless mm-hmm. pictures of her and stuff. And I was like, geez, never seen these images of Madonna before. There's, and um, also she was going out with Vanilla Ice at the time and he features in the book and some of these images. Oh dear God, didn't know that. And it's just so fun. It's just like, Rather. that's like, you know, if you were going out with... Who, like a one-hit wonder yeah. type. He's not the coolest rapper that ever lived. <laughs> I feel like, no offence to Adam Rickett or Vanilla Ice, you know, but I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to think of somebody, he's very big in mm. soaps, you know, not so much yeah. music, but, you know, had a stint. He'll get a turn here someday, so I love. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so anyway, it's, I don't think it's, like, new, but for this generation, it was, like, the thing so you know the saying that it was like a cliched trend of young girls kind of transitioning from that disney channel mm. squeaky clean sort of image to this overtly sexual femme fatale um so christina aguilera did it um jessica simpson miley cyrus selena gomez the latter two not so much you know my in my consciousness as such because i don't know it would just be like whilst i have obviously heard those songs and mm. I think they are good artists on their own. These people that we're talking about here will always stand out because of when they yeah. came into our lives um, yeah. and so many other people because of, you know, how old you were and what was going on at the time. And Well, that's the thing. You know. the, the people who would have been like fans of Hannah Montana or Selena, mm-hmm. you know, when she was young and grew up with them and then all of a sudden they became these overtly sexual artists. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to them, that's their version of the the Britney yeah. do you know what I mean like but yeah. we we were just that wee bit older and mm-hmm, missed, mm-hmm. you know we'd missed out on that era I feel so the performance obviously very iconic um at the 2014 uh, VMA's Nicki Minaj had planned on paying homage homage do you pronounce the h I don't care to Spears <laughs> uh 2001 performance um for her performance of Anaconda by using right. several albino snakes. However, MTV banned her use of the live snakes after a backup dancer was bitten. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> and I just sort of think, like, I love the way that was what stopped them. Nothing to do mm. with the fact that, like, if you watch that that performance, that snake, who was called Banana, by the way, mm-hmm. he got trailed. Like, that poor bugger yeah. would have come off that stage with serious motion sickness. I'm surprised... <laughs> He didn't bite the shit out of her at the time because, you know, she, it was like she'd been given something, you know, like whenever Ozzy Osbourne, someone threw mm. a bat onto the stage and he thought it was a fake bat and he bit into it and was like, oh shit, it's real. She was given a real snake thinking it was fake and, you know, just was like, you can't see me, what I'm doing here. But, you know, she just like, yeah. you know, was used that bad boy as a lasso, basically. Was that the same form as that she started off in the cage with a tiger, a real tiger? Yes. Um, I was absolutely terrified. The guy that was in the st- in the cage with that tiger was that guy, was it Doc Antle, who was in mm-hmm. Tiger King? So, <laughs> Lead- yeah, everyone the, gets a turn. I don't know, leader of the tiger-loving, multiple wives kind of cult. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, he was he was the handler for that. And if you watch the performance, you can see him in the cage with that tiger managing, managing it. Um, so... Yeah, so like as I say, at the time of the performance, Britney was a massive draw because the previous year she'd done Satisfaction and mm. topped that with this um, very iconic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
something I thought would be interesting to know about as well was that um, I thought, I wonder where you could buy that costume for no other reason than for this podcast. Can I just <laughs> clarify? You can get like very, very good um, imitation costumes off Etsy for this right. starting at um, 112 pounds for like a top. And if you want the full works, um, if you want the full works, including like, you know, the uh, effect snake and also effect microphone headpiece, it's going to oh, cost God. you like £250 um, for that. Um, I mean, yeah. I I used That's... to wear a black straw on my ear <laughs> to pretend microphone on nights out, which is total arsehole vibes. Um, <laughs> like, what I was remember that? it well. It's probably going to be the first thing I do the next time I get into a club environment, by the way. Yep. So, we'll all you know. have a straw microphone on. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I'm sure that's your Halloween costume sort at the end for 2021. <laughs> if you want to go with Brittany from like the neck up, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's not one chance I'd be getting into that. Even back at the time, whenever I probably thought, yeah, I could maybe wear that. Sure yeah. as shit couldn't have. <laughs> well, maybe if I look back now, I'd say, yeah, no, you could have, but at the gonna... time, there was, you know, oh. absolutely not a chance that. I am. Um, um, I actually, of years of not doing it for Halloween, I had a costume planned for last year. Like, before the Bondery play kicked in, I had mm-hmm. a Halloween costume organised and never got to do it. Oh, I just feel like I've never, I didn't invest the time <laughs> in Halloween, you know, anytime, mm. you know, growing up and now, like, my life circumstances dictate that opportunities at Halloween are few and far between. But mm-hmm. I would love to like actually do something where you go all out with with a costume, you know, just yeah. that. We should I do like if we're ever allowed to be up again at Halloween this year, please God. Mm. Like we should do a full American style bloody Halloween party or something, Halloween night out. Like Jesus, yeah. we need it. We absolutely need it. I think yeah, I'd be far more up for doing whatever the frig anyone suggests. Yep. Um, in terms of socialising, I would be up for that. Um, so, um, yeah, so in terms of the actual performance itself, Brittany has said in hindsight that she thought it was dumb, which is such a limiting sort of way of putting okay. it. Like, what do you mean it was dumb? So she said that, now this was back in 2005, no, 2015. Um, around that time um, she said that um, the stunt was just very dangerous with the snake and she said it's insane why did I do that it's so dumb does that sound like her yes. yeah <laughs> um, so when she told E! News before replying hell no when asked if she would repeat it um, and then whenever she was on she performed the song on SMTV in 2002 and was randomly interviewed by Kat Daly and Brian Dowling um, and she was also promoting her movie Crossroads as well and they asked her what what was the moment for you where you felt like you had made it um, in your life like everything you know you've accomplished when you were like oh my god I've done really well here and she said it was whenever she won four awards at the MTV EMAs in Dublin I don't know why I, I feel will. like closer to her because of that you know <laughs> absolutely I've been in Dublin I feel like four times in my whole life um let me see. So yeah, so that was all. And then um, I'll, I'll, there's something I'm going to talk about once we get into the actual analysis of the video. So this is my analysis. Um, so the video opens, she's on the balcony in like a derelict kind of block. I know that from the um, 
the director said it was like an Asian bathhouse. But I'm getting like Rio de Janeiro vibes from this video mm-hmm. for some reason. Or just feel like it's somewhere Spanish, urban, like lots of high rises. Some of the buildings, you know, definitely need a wee facelift or whatever. Yeah. That's just the vibe I get. Um, so you, the actual, like it looks like an apartment. Is a can you get a bathhouse in an apartment building? And... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to if, if the building actually exists. It would be like cool to actually visit mm-hmm. it to see what its function was. Um, so the actual building, it's very apparent that the air con isn't working. Everyone's sweating buckets. And you just feel like you could smell this video now when mm. you watch it back. Um, I feel like this type of um, environment is probably happening all over the place during COVID, like underground sort of parties. <laughs> yeah. I know not not anyone I know close personally, but I am involved in a group chat um, with people on whatsapp who aren't all necessarily like friends of mine um but one of them even one of the people in the group you know has said that they have attended a few kind of underground parties for covid mm-hmm. they don't live in northern ireland um but yeah they've 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 attended those so yeah so it feels in some ways relevant in many ways <laughs> now looking at it um so you know she dances in front of a mirror looking very intensely at herself and moves quite suggestively so this is maybe another nod to being more mature in how she sees herself. Even though up until this point, this album was being described as her most personal. I think her fourth album in the zone was actually a lot more personal because I think it mm. covers a lot more sort of personal growth and some very, very personal, intimate themes as mm. well in that album. And it's, an, it's a brilliant album too. Um, so I would recommend that one. Um, I remember watching the making of the video for this and there was a decision at one point for her to wear pants over the leather trousers, um, which is a bit mad. And I don't yeah. really think we talk enough about this because it gives me real like Superman in the 70s vibes for some reason. When you think yeah. about it in theory, now, when you watch the video, you could see like they're not like big giant pants. But while we're on that topic, there was also another iconic MTV series called Becoming um where people would be plucked from obscurity I don't know if they applied or if their family would enter them but they could recreate their favorite videos I Um, vaguely remember this this sounds familiar you can't you can watch this full episode on YouTube because I went and looked at it and the thing that stood out for me back then I was waiting for it when I watched it again so some girl called Kristen I believe from like let's just say the Bible Belt in America it sounds like it fits um (laughs) she was chosen and she was absolutely gorgeous, actually quite like similar looking to Britney Spears as well. You know, like they weren't, it wasn't a big stretch. I feel like if they were going to do this series again today, it would be so diverse. Like they'd have some mm. wee lad being chosen to do this video potentially, you know, it would be, <laughs> um, you know, anyone could do it. So the pants over the trousers conundrum obviously came up in this um, mm. recreation and it was not executed successfully. And oh it has actually lived rent-free in my mind since <laughs> I watched the first episode. And so watching it again was very triggering for me. So when the costume director, you know, of this Becoming episode should have been pulling looks from like Victoria's Secret or like mm. taking just literally a pink highlighter to some dental floss, they instead made the executive decision to go to friggin', I don't know, like Bon Marche and get like four for £10 special on a pair of cacks you know, that you'd probably find in Barbara Windsor's boudoir. Hmm. So she got seriously stroked there. Um, If you look (laughs) at the genuine article in Britney's video, like, you know, they're very minimal 
like they're clearly pants, but they've like, got like, like, like a ring briefs. detail. Yeah, mm. like they're if, if she wasn't wearing those trousers, they would just be about covering her modesty. Mm. Um, but this girl, God love her, like oh, granny she pants or something. Given, like the dot cotton of knickers, they were just <laughs> they're awful looking. I don't I know. It's just been like you go and watch them. It's just like they didn't even do anything to like you know tailor them to make them look. They just made her oh, wear them on over her trousers. <laughs> arseholes um so god love her for that i feel like that's all i'll remember her for um Betty she got the absolute piss take night right after that came out i've probably but then she would still be like you know fred yeah i'm still doing this video <laughs> you know you're just jealous it's like right yeah. well whatever go and put your giant pants on um so the dance moves in this video are very iconic um and you know i'm i'm proud to say that at the time i did learn parts of this routine I, I remember you different. doing this. Yes. Oh, dear. Anyway, so um, probably like when I'm smashed, if I do these kinds of things with my partner in crime, my my <laughs> good cousin, we like we probably do think that like, like, how were we not? Like, why are we not getting skied up for stuff? Yeah, why were um, we not on Becoming Britney Spears? Why are we not? Why, why is this country so friggin' backwards? Can I get us friggin' act together and do a series and let it be for two people to dress up as Britney? <laughs> um, so back to the video itself, there's some guy at one point Britney's clearly dancing for, like, kind of through, like, she's in front of the mirror, but he's behind. He's soaking, like, he is just mm. sopping in sweat. I imagine because they can't get any water, so that has to be. But he has his hood up as well. So put your hood down. For God's right. sake, get, get some friggin' air around your gills. Um, and I think as the audience, we're meant to find him really like sexy. Um, but he actually gives me real like Paul Specter vibes from the fall um, because he's got his <laughs> hood up, and it's like you're here to stab me. Um, so she does a bit of crowd surfing at one point, and like. For some reason, the first thing came into my head was Freddie Mercury in the I Want to Break Free video. You know, when he's kind of like with these people, they're all like dressed, like they're painted like in sort of black and grey. And mm. that obviously wasn't the inspiration for this video. It's not where they wanted it to go, but hey, that's just where my brain took it. Um, and then it also kind of gives me Wicker Man vibes. Also, why do I keep saying vibes, Lauren? Like that vibes isn't really a thing I say a lot of, but oh my God, it's starting tonight. It is now. <laughs> it's now it's like hashtag vibes, 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 vibes on vibes. Um, so yeah, it's given me that kind of a feel. I'm not going to say vibes. <laughs> um, like she's about to be sacrificed. And I haven't even fully seen the Wicker Man, but I'm still going to make that statement with confidence. Let's just turn this podcast into movies that Una hasn't watched <laughs> everything no i haven't seen that consider myself like a movie fan as well well here's multiple ones already so what are we covered then there's uh i haven't seen the element element. none of the rush hours none of the i don't feel like i'm missing out here lauren by the way just you know i mean if i was comedy saying i haven't seen shawshank redemption or Mm. braveheart braveheart's my favorite film i don't care what anyone says well like the bigger man i mean it's it's iconic you know no, I think, no, do you know what? I have seen parts of it. I just haven't seen it in its entirety. I think I tried to watch the Nicolas Cage one. Oh, and... no, mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. Terrible, so... terrible. <laughs> I watched it in the cinema. Oh, dear. It was raging that I paid money to, to see that with my, my good eyes, you know. There was a film that he did. It was, I think it was on YouTube, or not YouTube. It was on Netflix, and he plays, like, a, an airline captain, and... People just die out, like they just, I don't know what, there's some kind of like phenomenon that came up. Oh God, my sister put it on and 
it's the most ridiculous film. I'll have to figure out what it was called. And, and like we started watching it, I was like, this is just mental. Like it's Listen so the- bad, it's good. It's <laughs> yeah. one of those types. His version. I what it was. His version of the Vicar Man's a bit like that. Like the he got the absolute piss ripped out of him for mm-hmm. parts of that movie. It was just mm-hmm. so so like I don't know for such a like well renowned good actor. Like how More do you that's a stretch. So that's well, a stretch. I think. I how can you be agree. so bad? You've been in so many movies, <laughs> and you can't I don't know. off the Vicar Man. What's he done that's been good? I liked Face Off, and it's shit. Uh, oh, it's been that long. John Travolta. Right, well, Lauren, do you know what? I think we need to start talking about the films you haven't seen then, if that's the case, because I'm feeling very judged. Oh, God. Um, so anyway, back to Britney. So there's a number of cutaways to scenes of Britney, like, seemingly, like, gasping for air, like she's being crushed mm. at a Jerry Cinnamon performance at Belsonic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Fair enough. They obviously wanted this to be, like, overtly sexual, with all the heavy breathing, and, like, someone mm. licks her face at some point. Oh, as well okay. so um, and I remember that in the, in the making of the video the original video and they were really building up to this like they're having such a laugh and like how risque it was and they did the exact same thing to Kristen with the giant pants in the Becoming video as well oh, like she was like oh my god someone's gonna lick my face <laughs> like oh anyway no need but anyway so they were trying to achieve something like that so obviously that kind of behaviour is like definitely like an escalation from what she'd previously put out there. But like I say, I've always thought she's been sexual, but this was just a lot more deliberate. Mm. Um, <clears throat> then it starts to rain and they all run out onto the balcony and, you know, the water falls on them, providing them some much needed hydration, refreshment, and, you know, just some sort of water to the unwashed masses. Um, so that's my analysis really I mean I don't think as a video not a lot happens in it it's, it's better known for the um, the dancing she's stunning as well he's mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous in it oh that figure the face alone makes me want to jump mm. off the building um, <laughs> never mind never mind the rest um, so some of the YouTube comments um Someone said, kids slash teenagers today will never understand what Britney was. Their gagas, swifts, perries and grandes do not compare to the name of Britney Spears. Pure princess of pop and there will never be any other girl who will come close to her level. They sure might sell out arenas but will never reach the heights of Britney who was constantly on covers, dolls, posters, t-shirts, even straight guys wore. She was a gay icon. I don't know if they say was, like she's no longer with us. Mm. Right? And listen, uh, and straight, gay icon, gay and straight listen to, and uh, no one hit it. And I would agree with that. Like, Brittany was mm-hmm. friggin' massive. Like, she, I had, a, I had a massive poster of her in my bedroom. And then I went to see her. She did her Onyx Hotel tour. It came to Belfast. And I think that would have been 2000, it was 2004. And mm-hmm. I went to that concert and I got this gorgeous big poster of her from like obviously the merchandise stuff and um like so I remember at the time my dad had like driven us up to Belfast mm-hmm. to see the concert and um at the end of the, of the show like I come like prancing over to the car like with this poster and he's like oh what's that and I was like look and all, he was he was like was that what you're into like 
My father for sure thought I was gay because I didn't oh, have a boyfriend a and I just love Britney Spears. And just, do you know what I mean? That's, we could unpack that for, for freaking hours. Do you know what I mean? And now, like, you know, he's no longer with us, fully, like, no longer with us, believing that his daughter was a lesbian. I'm not saying that's a problem. It's just not the case. But it's, it's you know what I mean? It's, it makes me laugh. Um, yeah. Also, like, when you go to the formal with girls, okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> oh, he has no. a point. Loads of people do that, though. Loads of people they just do. take they do. to the they formal. Do. They do. They do. Um, You're absolutely 100% right, they do. But it still makes me laugh because it's 100% true. Um, so, funny. other comments. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, go on ahead. I'll, I'll come back to it at the end. Um, so, other comments were, the feminism leaves my body every time this song comes on. <laughs> so, again, we haven't even really touched on the fact that the message of this song is in stark contrast to Christina's. Um, mm. song about you know like I'll decide all the rest whereas Brittany is like I'll do whatever you want I'm your slave um, which a lot of guys would have absolutely like dropped down dead if the likes of Britney Spears to say that to mm. them um, another one was I remember all the parents freaking out because she had underwear over her trousers so minor compared to music videos nowadays mm. um, they were perfectly fine with the Lolita in the school uniform but they tore her to pieces for daring to be sexy when she felt like it hypocrites mm. and then my favorite comments were um, junior homecoming I remember stripping to this song and drawing a crowd until some damn teacher made me stop and killed my flow <laughs> <laughs> still down to this song and then the other one was Britney Spears predicted global warming at 19 and nobody did anything <laughs> true she is a savior in so many ways mm-hmm. she knew it was coming she knew I didn't even go into any of the comments for Christina's. I'll maybe come back. At oh, the I'm end. sure there'd be like, she would be getting trailed. Absolutely <laughs> but, uh, dragged. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, like, with your like, love of Britney Spears from such a young age, like, I remember going to, do you remember this? One of our friends, 13th birthday party. Oh, yes. Well, we all had yes. to dress up, but of course you were Britney Spears. Of course I was. <laughs> and I felt like the song never ended. And I felt like people sniggered yep. throughout my performance. And but I be- was so committed to it. I was like, well, I can't walk away. Can I just make this 10 times worse if I oh, take a half? So I have to finish this. Not uh, for, for those, obviously, most of you will be unaware of like, Brenda didn't just take it upon herself to perform. Everyone had to do. Yeah, were basically doing lip sync for your life before lip sync for we your were. life. It was like, or also like for the younger people, if they're listening to this, uh, stars in your eyes. Mm. Yeah, that's probably was... not. You know, I mean, God, I'd love it if that came back. I loved stars in your eyes. It was um, very much the stars in your eyes sort of mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. thing we were doing. So like. Obviously, not everyone had dressed up as like singers. I can't even remember what half the people there were dressed up as. What were you dressed up as, Lauren? Oh, this is the this is the most cringe thing. Is it more cringe to me as Britney Spears? Maybe. Better be. I had dressed up as Caroline from the first season of Big Brother. <laughs> oh my god, that is so niche. <laughs> and so so lazy, Lauren. I don't know why I thought that was a. I thought, what the hell was that performance? Awesome. It was maybe just like for convenience. I mean, Big Brother was massive. Like yeah. Big Brother was massive at the start. She so, had like you know the blonde blonde hair and weak yes. thin eyebrows and like the pearly pearly lips, yeah. like the pearly pink. And lips. didn't she wear like a neck scarf? She'd always wear like a kind of like uh, like, well, maybe. like a cami top and then like a, yes. yeah, and I then just like a, wearing yeah. like a wee vest top and baggy like kind of cargo trousers or something. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was her for whatever reason. 
I went in my legitimate school uniform, like the one that I wear <laughs> every day, and tried to Britify it, and like managed to find like pink fluffy shit to put in my hair. Oh my god! I, I wasn't exposing my my midriff. I can tell you that. So I just thought it was going to school. Um, but yeah, and then I had to like you obviously because you dressed up as Britney, you did like a a Britney lip sync, and a myself and another girl that were there. Do you remember us? Do you have to perform? We did praise you by. Oh, no, oh, not Mary Sha- Mary. Shackles, yeah. No, wait, maybe I'm getting this wrong. Were you blackfishing? Oh, no, no, we were doing, uh, we did it to the song song. What? Am I mistaken this? I can't, Lord, yeah. I can't remember. I felt traumatised no, by my own. Two entirely different songs, clearly, between yeah. Shackles and the thong song. It was one yes. of the two. I can't remember which. But, um, it was 21 yeah. years ago. That's terrifying. I just remember Gross. going, like, going OTT with like the I'm just thinking if you know in the song song where he does a big bang with his leg like he does like oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I just have that move in my head for some reason so that's mm-hmm. why I can't really remember which song it was and I remember everyone laughing but I was such a shy child that it actually yeah. killed me inside to do this mm-hmm. performance <laughs> it was traumatic to me too but for very different reasons because yeah. I think we were there our, our friend's older sister was there who mm. would count as our friend now but at the time like whenever you're 13 like the age difference was probably a lot more apparent and I think mm. some of her friends were there as well and I remember feeling like they're dead I like being very consciously they are definitely laughing at me they're not laughing <laughs> with me laughing at me I'm doing my best I'm doing my frigging best but you can't let down the birthday girl if you're no. asked to perform you can freaking get, get up before. there and put a smile on your face <laughs> um there was something else there yeah because I was I've been like massive massive Britney fan and I remember being at uni and it was whenever she was going through all of her trials and tribulations of 2007 and running into people from school like you know in the Holy Lands or whatever and mm. you know there would have been something about Britney in the news or whatever not Facebook but something people knew about it. it wouldn't have been Bebo. News wouldn't have been on Bebo. But people knew. I don't know how we knew, but we knew. Probably just off the magazines. Mm. And people used to say to me, like, how are you finding all this stuff about Britney Spears? Like, as if, you know, we were Personally really... affected. Yeah. And I was all like, I'm really disappointed in her. And I feel very ignorant now for that because whenever I think about the stuff that you read and, you know, exactly what was going on there, I think we're very mm. lucky that we still have her. Yeah, because the amount of pressure that she's probably under. So I hate that I was a wee bit of an arsehole about that. No, but that was also down to how it was framed at the time in the media. You know that they were they certainly weren't going per Britney. She's struggling. She's mm-hmm, having mm-hmm. all these problems, and this is like a, a sort of a breakdown because of it all, all the stress of it. They yeah. certainly weren't saying that at the time. You know. Mm. Um. Do you remember yeah. as well a story for another day? But I just remember sitting. Don't know. You might have been there. It was in your cousin's house. Watching mm-hmm. her performance. Do you remember she did that like sort of comeback performance of Gimme she More? Gimme More, yeah. At that awards, and it was just a car crash yeah. from start to finish. And she just she just wasn't ready. And yeah, um, and, but people didn't cut her any slack. For, no, Rihanna openly you know, laughed at her in the yeah. audience. Like Rihanna was laughing at her. And I really like Rihanna, but I mean I'll give her a bye ball because I don't know how how many years ago it was, and I'm sure she mm. now feels bad for that. Um I hope she does. I still really like your reality, so please don't like you know, <laughs> hit me either. Um, please release some new music. Yeah. Oh, well, do you know what? Like, I really would love to just get a haul of her makeup. True. Yeah. So I don't really care. I mean, 
a lot of the times these people who were really good, you know, and they bring out new stuff. Like her stuff's brilliant. I don't think mm. we need, I don't, I personally, I'm like, I'm happy with what you've given me so far. So, you know, um, her skincare stuff now, she's got the skincare, it's available mm. in Boots. I do not work for Ew. Boots, by the way, but it is, it is sold in Boots. Um, but yeah, I'm dying to get over to like a Selfridges or, well, yeah, Selfridges. Mm. And, you know, because I think they have, they have concessions of her makeup and I would love to get, there's some really nice lip stuff that I would love, but. Hey ho, maybe one day we'll get the chance to friggin' go and do a shop again. <laughs> someday, um, someday. Someday. Um, yeah, give me more. I think that's that's one of my top three favorite Britney songs. I think that's that, and that song got trailed when it came out. I think Timbaland slagged that song off because um, it was produced by Danger, and yeah. uh, he ember reading somewhere he thought the song was shit, basically. And I just think, do you know what? Piss off. Oh, Timbaland, he Arsehole. got too big for his boots at that point, didn't he? <laughs> well, I don't know why why he would do that. Because I like Timbaland too, like, but I just felt like that's not helping this girl. Like she's doing her best and she's probably not probably just wants to go away somewhere, like just escape and try and and even watching that interview with her and Kat Daly and Brian Dowling, of all people. Um and they were asked, like, what do you miss most about before you were famous? And she's just like, just like being able to be at home, seeing mm. the family, like there's something about her. And everything you read about her, there's never anything where I've read um, where she's come across as like a diva or anything. Mm. I think there was people saying whenever she's gone to like her children's sports events and, you know, she's got minders with her and they felt that they've, there's kind of been like a toxic sort of controlling aspect to their presence. And um you know, she'll go and she's she's ordered loads of pizzas, you know, for other people that have attended these events and how she nearly feels like it's a it's a, like a gesture to people like, you know, I don't know what you might think of me, but like I'm, mm. I'm a normal, nice person and stuff, you know. So I don't know. It's one of those ones we'll continue to watch and comment on and um, without fully knowing the details. And I'm sure one day she will sit down with the likes of an Oprah Winfrey and, um, mm. and tell her side of the story. But... Until then, just keep sending all our good wishes, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Let her let her dance on in her mansion in peace. Yes, and we'll keep watching her Instagram videos of her, you know, just wearing the same wee costumes, same wee eye makeup <laughs> that hasn't been washed for days. And her um, wee hair up. <laughs> yeah. All her half extensions. Up, down, yeah. And just, just being very normal, mm-hmm. very accessible, I think, um, the way just, she kind of gets on. Yeah. Dance until the world ends. Mm-hmm. Another chin. Another chin. Um, Grant, well, I'll quickly circle back. I've just brought up the comments for Stina's video, but surprisingly nothing actually like slagging her off for her choices of this video. So we've got... Maybe time forgives her because it was a yeah, different time. She was a feminist before it was cool to be a feminist. Um, maybe from today's perspective, these aren't big statements, but this video came out 20 years ago. Things like slut shaming, harassing, or double standards are much more common. Um, yeah, lyrically, it's a very mm-hmm. advanced song, but the video does not complement that and actually raises more questions in other areas than, mm. you know. Uh, Christina was so ahead of her time with the stripped album. She touched on so many topics feminism, sexuality, self accept self-acceptance, rejection, abuse, etc. They're still so relevant today. That's very true. Mm. The original WAP, an anthem about empowerment of female sexuality. Absolutely not the original WAP, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, WAP is the original WAP. Like, yeah. that song. That, that state was a bit of a All stretch. on its own, yeah. 
uh, elevated my self-esteem as a young girl ahead of her time. That's what you like to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a nice one. I'll finish in this comment. This song is so for Poland today. Women are so motivated to fight for our rights. Our government can't hold us down. Boom. There, yes, oh, fully agree, Poland. Poland. Oh, it's um, the government have banned abortion. Oh, and yes. All these Sorry. restrictions Sorry. on women's rights. Yes, so, yes. Yep. I do. I'm aware of that. I forgot that was in Poland. Sounds like we stand with Poland. Yeah, we very, stand with very similar situations are going on. Okay, well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, it was yeah, I feel like that was the longest one we've done. <laughs> yeah. to be honest, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's um, plenty there for everybody, and mm-hmm. lots of tangents and extra tabs were opened along the way. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think we will do our next one. I think are we able to? Are you happy enough to go ahead and um, mm-hmm. say who our next one is? Be so the next one we're going to do. Uh, we're going to do Tony Braxton and Aaliyah, um, so another, another woman who donned off. my bedroom wall. So, yes, absolutely <laughs> giving more credence to my father's beliefs that I was a lesbian. Well, is it any wonder these rivers start in your house? Well, no smoke without fire, Lauren. Do you know what I mean? It's sexuality is a spectrum. You had the Britney posters and I had the Westlife montages. So, you know, there's the difference. Yeah, well, I'm sure your parents were like, right, OK, well, we know what's going on here. Well, they, they probably thought mine, that. Clearly. Well, they yeah. probably thought that until I got to the M&M phase and then went, good God, what is going on here? Yeah, that's After quite, all. quite a, um, a left turn to take, yeah. Westlife <laughs> and then bring in M&M. Okay, dope. All right, Lauren. Right, well, fun. we'll leave it there. Yes, enjoyable as always. Thanks, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. If you want to follow us um, on social media, all that good stuff, we're on Instagram at Video Chat Podcast. And we have a Facebook page as well, Video Chat Podcast. You can find us there. We'll post about what songs we're doing for next week ahead of that. And uh, yeah, just keep up to date on everything that's going on. And like and subscribe. And if anyone and has any stuff. ideas about, you know, things like the way we did like Britney versus Christina or mm. any, anyone else that you think would be good um we have like a pretty long list of different things but you know it'd be good to know like I would be guided by mm. anyone who wanted us to do cover something in particular like yeah very keen for anyone's um input in relation to that so mm-hmm. yeah we themed episode ideas and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. like that would definitely be good So thanks for listening, everyone. And we shall talk to you in the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.